Welcome to episode number 125 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We've been discussing for a number of podcasts now the topic of miracles. Everyone's interested in them. Most people have questions about them, and a lot of folks have actually experienced a miracle in their own life. And as I've mentioned in prior podcasts, the greatest miracle that we can ever have is to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And when we do that, we know that we have the miracle of eternity and the blessings that God has in store for us here as we live here on earth. So I just believe the Lord's got something special for today. I know our last episode was pretty exciting when we talked about great faith for miracles. So today, we're going to continue talking about faith, and let's believe that God is going to do something special in your life as you hear this podcast today as we enter into podcast number 125 entitled, Have Faith Like Those in God's Word. Father, I pray now that you would bless this teaching. I submit to you, I yield to you, and I ask the Holy Spirit to come in and take over now. Take control and have me teach what you would have me to teach for this particular group of people who are listening in. Thank you once again for what you've done in the past and what you're going to do in the future. I believe that you've got a special word for us as we read your word today, and I believe that there's going to be people who will gain in their faith, gain in their trust, and believe for miracles in their own life as we're going through this podcast today, that you would bring forth that miracle, meet their need in the name of Jesus. I'll thank you for it now and give you all praise. For we ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we get into today's session, I'd like to tell you some of the goals that we have. First, we want to learn how to experience faith like those in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We'll get to that shortly. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring forth greater faith in us so that we can see miracles take place. We want to learn from the experiences of those who are the heroes of the faith. And I believe, Lord, you've got something to teach us there. And that we're going to understand what James is speaking about in chapter 5. The Apostle James, what an amazing man that he was. And then we're going to learn how to apply these principles when we pray for miracles. So we've got an agenda today. We're going to follow it as the Lord leads us. And I truly believe we're going to need to start with the scripture we left off with in the last podcast. And that was James chapter 5, verse 13 through I think probably 17 or 18. Once again, we'll see how the Lord leads us, how the Holy Spirit wants me to speak and what he wants me to teach on right now. So let's move into James chapter 5. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and I'm starting at James 5, 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, you know, there's a little more to read here, and I'll probably get to it in a little bit. But I just want to take a second and go back and see what James is teaching us here. The Holy Spirit gave this to James because the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And James wrote these words so that people would have powerful prayers to see miracles take place in their life. Now, I'm sure there's people out there that feel that your prayers are strong and powerful and bold, and that's wonderful. And I'm sure there are those out there that question if your prayers are strong enough or whether they're organized well enough or whether sometimes whether even God listens to them. But I can tell you this, when you pray, God hears. Now, He may answer your prayer the way you requested, and He may not. It depends because He he knows what's best for all all of us because his thoughts and his ways are greater than our ways. So let's look at the power of prayer found in verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You see, when we're going through a difficult time, we should pray. 
and it says you should pray. Are any of you happy? It says you should sing praises. So we pray when we need help, and of course we sing praises when God answers that prayer and when he blesses us. It says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church. And a lot of times, I don't think churches do that. We need to remember that the word of God tells us that there's power in two or three people praying. We talked about that in the last podcast, where the word of God tells us, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And it also says the prayers of two or more are powerful and they're, they're going to have great results. So it's important that when you're having a physical problem, we should call for the elders of the church. That means the leaders of the the deacons, whatever your church calls them, board members, whether it's your pastors, your senior pastors, or your other associate pastors, or whomever it is, that you should call for them and have them pray of you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. As a matter of fact, when I go to church, every single time I go to church, I carry a little bit of anointing oil because I want to be available and ready if someone in the church says they need an elder to pray for them. And I want to be in a position to follow what the Word of God says and anoint them with oil and believe in the name of Jesus for their healing. Now it says such a prayer, that prayer they're talking about, offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. So the key to that is not that you have the oil and not that you're willing to pray and not that you go to an elder, but you pray with someone who has faith. It says such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. So it's important we enter all prayer with faith, believing, and that you go to someone who's going to pray for you who has faith to believe. If you go to pray for someone in you tell them your need and they say something like, well, I'm not really sure if this will work or not, or I'm not really sure if God's going to answer this prayer because you got to believe that God is sovereign and he may not want to answer your prayer. And they start talking like that. I think I'd probably excuse myself from them and go to someone who just simply believes what the word of God says. And that is that the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. So it's important you have faith to believe and it's important that the person who's praying for you has the faith to believe because we're not going to see miracles unless we have faith. Can't imagine a miracle taking place unless there's an act of faith on the individual who's praying, whether it be one or two or three or more, whether it's a whole congregation of hundreds, they must have faith to believe for miracles. Now the word goes on to say, and if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So God once again offers forgiveness and his grace to those who seek it. Now it says here in verse 16, confess your sins to each other. I have a lady in church that I know very well, and she's been a member of the church for a long time. And every once in a while, and during a time of prayer, when she'll come up for prayer, she'll say, Father, I pray that you'd forgive me of any sin in my life. I ask that you'd remove it from me. She doesn't need to tell me what the sin is, what she's going through. She doesn't need to explain that to me. She just simply has to say, Father, I'm sorry for those sins. And would you please forgive me? And when she does that, I believe she's answering this instructions that James gave her and gave all of us in James chapter 5 and verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So let's believe for that and let's do this according to what the Word of God says. And then it says something that's really powerful. One of my favorite portions of scripture is found in James 5 verse 16. And it says here, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, there's several parts to that. One, it says the earnest. That means a genuine, sincere prayer. A person who is focused, believing, trusting, moving forth in faith, and trusting God fully, totally, completely to meet this need and to meet this request. So that's an earnest, genuine prayer, it says, of a righteous person. Someone who's forgiven. Someone who's committed their life to Christ. Someone who is living, trying to live their life as best as they can according to the Word of God. It doesn't mean they're perfect. Righteousness doesn't mean that we're perfect. It says a righteous person 
person simply means a person who is following the teachings of the Lord, who when they commit a sin, they ask for forgiveness. When they have challenges in their life, they go to the Lord for help and direction. They follow the instruction to the Lord. And you want to go to a person like that. You want them to pray for you. And it says, when we have earnest prayer and a righteous person praying with you, it has great power great power. That means effective power. That means miracle working power and produces wonderful results. Now I tell you, we've all prayed and prayed with other people and we've sensed a wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit and we know that God is working in a special way. We've also prayed with people that you wonder, are they really sincere? Are they really earnest? Are they the kind of people that you want praying for you? Do they have faith and trust that God is going to heal you and mend you and take care of your need. So we want to seek out people in our church, in our family, in our friends who will be earnest in their prayer, be godly people, and believe that God is going to answer the prayer. And they believe in miracles. Absolutely. Matter of fact, sometimes when a person comes up for prayer, I'll look at them and you can tell they've got a very severe need. Their head may be down. They may be sad. They may be limping or something. They may have a physical thing that you can see quite easily. And I like to ask them, do you believe in miracles? And their their face usually brightens up and they'll say, well, yes, I do. And I said, well, that's what you need. So let's believe for miracles and let's approach God with a earnest heart and believe there's going to be great power in this prayer, and it'll produce wonderful results. Now, the Bible scripture here goes on to talk about an example of someone who's righteous and godly and and how they had great faith. And it talks about Elijah in verse 17. It says, Elijah was human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. The reason I wanted to read that last couple of verses when we were talking about the power of prayer, is there's something in there that's really important. It's found in the very beginning of verse 17, where it says, Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly. You see, I like that. I like that a lot, because when we think of Elijah, we think, oh my goodness, this was one of the most amazing men of God, an incredible man of God, a spiritual giant, someone that is just really on top of everything. And in reality, he was a powerful man and a great man, but God made him that man. But he was a person just like you and I. Isn't that nice to hear that James wrote those words, that the Holy Spirit wanted us to hear those words, that Elijah was just a man, an individual who stepped out in faith and believed and God did something great in his life. And this amazing miracle took place through an ordinary man. Well, I'm going to tell you, if that doesn't speak to your heart, then you might want to go back and read that scripture again, because what that's telling you and what that tells me is that anyone who's listening in today can do great things for God and can do great things for others and can be anointed by God and receive the gift of healing and the gift of miracles and the gift of blessing other people. You see, God is not limited in who he chooses. He chooses whoever he desires and whoever he wants to bless. And we want to just get ready, get in line and get ready to receive the blessings of the Lord because he's going to pour them out. He's going to pour them out to somebody and it might as well be you. So if you're thinking right now, Lord, that's me. I want to receive those blessings. I want to pray for people. I want to see miracles. I want to see them happen in my life, and I want to see them happen in the lives of others. It can happen. Believe it. Claim it. It's yours. 
this might be a good time for me to redefine my definition of what a miracle is. I talked about it a couple of podcasts ago, and I've come up with a definition that I think is helpful when we have all this conversation today about what's a miracle and what's faith and what's science and what's medicine and all these things. So here's what I believe the Lord gave me as my definition of what a miracle is. It's an event that is contrary to natural or scientific laws, something connected to divine activity. That's what we're talking about, miracles. Miracles are divine. They come from the throne room of God. God is the miracle worker, and he wants to bless his people, and he wants to pour out miracles in your life and in my life so that we can be living a testimony of God's goodness, his faithfulness, and his love for us. So let's move on now, because I want to get into probably the strongest portion of today's podcast, and that has to do with Hebrews chapter 11, starting somewhere around verse 3 or 4. I'll, I'll get there in just a second. But these are what I call the, the heroes of faith. These people who are noted to be men and women of faith who believed God, trust God, and saw great miracles. Now, I know this podcast is talking an awful lot about prayer and about faith, but you see, you can't have miracles without prayer, and you can't have miracles without faith. So let's get into it right now, and let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11, reading in the New Living Translation. Verse number one, faith is the confidence, that means in God, that's not in self, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Now there's so much in here, and I've talked a little bit about Hebrews 11.1 1 in prior podcasts, but I think a, a little review here might be beneficial, that faith is confidence. We need to have a confidence in God and know that we're going to pray, and we're praying not just so people can hear our words. We're praying because we're believing. We're praying because we expect. We're in anticipation of God doing something very special. So we've got to have that confidence, that confidence in the Lord that this is going to be a successful prayer. Never enter a prayer and believe on your own mind. It's just not going to happen. Or think, well, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I guess we probably should go through the motions. If you do that, you're just wasting your time because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for, see what we're praying for, what we're believing for, that it's actually going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I think that's so wonderful and so powerful. We've got to approach prayer like that. Now, some of you may do that and then some of you may not. But if you're not looking at prayer in confidence and anticipating something to happen, then make sure that's how you change your prayer of faith. It says it gives assurance about things we can't see. You know, something that were not visible to us, things that we, you can't see a person physically get healed of cancer that's inside of their body, but you can have assurance that they've been healed of it. You can't have assurance that your finances are going to turn around until you see your bank accounts go up or you see debt being paid off or whatever it might be, but you can have that assurance and that confidence that it's going to happen even though you can't see it yet. You're believing for something that has not happened yet as though that it has. And once again, that goes along with my teaching that I'm absolutely emphatic about, and that is the teaching that the Apostle Paul taught in the book of Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, 
where Paul is talking about calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. He's telling us that we should see them before they happen. We should believe in the answer. We should believe in the miracles before it's manifested. We've got to anticipate that that person will be healed. We've got to believe that that person's relationship will be restored. We've got to believe that that job that we think we're about to lose, get ready to lose, maybe get fired or maybe a company going broke, believe that that's not going to happen, that God is going to do something miraculous. We've got to believe it and it's telling us that. Now, that's the beginning of this great chapter on what I call the the heroes of faith, those people who believed in faith that things were going to happen even though they could not see them. So we should go through that right now. We need to look at the fact that God is has a lot of examples here. I won't go through all of them, but we're going to talk about some of those acts of faith that were manifested and they believed it was going to happen before it actually happened. And that's how you see miracles. That's how we believe miracles are going to take place. I know in my own situation, at 25 years of age, I was a brand new Christian. I had just accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Within a matter of months after that, the doctor told me both of my kidneys were failing. I had kidneys that had been diseased and they were being basically dying and that there was nothing he could do. He says, you're just going to try and keep you alive as long as we can, but you probably won't be around much longer. And when he made that statement, I went home and told my wife what was said. And I said, you know, Bible tells us that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And I'm just going to believe that. Why don't we just believe and see me walking in health and going back to that doctor someday and telling him, look, God healed me and he restored me. So my wife and I, even though we were new Christians, we didn't have all this teaching. We didn't understand all the steps of faith. We didn't understand all about these heroes of faith. None of that. We just knew that the Bible was true, and we found scriptures in there that talked to us and told us how to pray for when you're sick. Call for the elders of the church and all those things that we did, and we believed. And in a period of about six months, I went back to the doctor for another checkup, and he did a full test, and he said, what did you do? And I said, I prayed, and I believed God was going to heal me, and I drank a lot of water. And he looked at me and he said, well, your kidneys are completely restored. They're totally healed. He says, and we didn't do anything. There was no treatment we gave you. There's nothing I gave you to take. There isn't anything to take. He said, but you've had a total, complete reconstruction of your kidneys and they're healed and they're restored and they're functioning just perfectly. Well, we gave God the glory and all the praise for it. And that's for a new Christian. That's the kind of miracles that God manifests in our life. And I'm just believing for that in your life. As a matter of fact, whatever you're going through right now, I'm just believing that God's going to touch you and help you and bring forth that miracle in your life. So why don't I just do that and pray right now? Matter of fact, I really feel led of the Holy Spirit that some of you need that prayer even now. So Father, I believe for healing, for miracles in the lives of those who are listening in tonight or today or this morning, whenever they're listening in, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray for a miracle of finances, a miracle of a relationship being healed, a miracle of a job, a miracle of once again of physical needs. I call it forth and I believe for it now. I, by faith, have confidence as your word says, and I hope what I'm hoping for will actually happen in the name of Jesus. And it gives me assurance to know that you're doing it, even though I can't see it. I don't even know these people. But Father, I believe you're releasing your miracle-working power in the lives of those who are listening in right now. Whatever the need is, whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstances are, they're being restored and healed. Miracles are coming forth in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. Now let's get back into the word here. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command 
that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. There, there's another little statement of proof that even science today goes back and says there didn't used to be this earth the way that we see it today. It didn't exist like that. It was just a big glob floating around out there in space. And God's miracle working hands came in and created what we live on today. So let's look at, let's drop down to verse number, let's say number five. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. You see, here's, an, here's a step. Here's a very important step. And that is, if you want to see miracles, we need to please God. Enoch miraculously was taken off of this earth right into heaven. He didn't die. He was taken alive. And off he went. And it's, it was an incredible miracle in that day and is to this day forward. And all it says about that is that before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. So we need to be people who are known for someone who loves to please God by helping others and loving others. And it says in verse 6, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Very important, crucial. That's why I talk so much about faith in this first part of this. Because as the Bible tells us, it's impossible to please God without faith. And then verse 6 goes on to say, Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. So, you want your miracle? then first of all, please God, be a person of faith, come to God believing that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So those are crucial things in the process of having your faith turn into a miracle. Let's go on down to verse number seven. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. You know, back in those days, it hadn't even rained. They didn't even know hardly what rain was. And yet Noah was told by God to build a boat. So he was certainly being persecuted, ridiculed, made fun of, laughed at, and yet he still built this amazing ark. It says he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. He warned him about a flood that was coming when no one there had ever seen a flood. Didn't know what a flood was. Had no idea what a flood could be. Didn't know that it could rain like that. And yet Noah said, well, it's not happened before, but that doesn't mean that it's not possible for God because all things are possible with God. You see, someone may tell you, like in my kidney situation, there was no hope. My kidneys were gone. They were failing and I was going to die. And that was basically it. I wouldn't last much longer, maybe a few years. And that's about what they gave me. And yet God did something that had never been done before in this doctor's eyes. The doctor said, I'd never seen anything like this before. And then in later years, I've been, I was healed of cancer. And the doctor said, I've never seen anything like this before. You see, we've got to believe for that. In order to get our miracle, we have to believe that God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think according to the power that's in us. That's God's word. We've got to believe it. We've got to act in it. We've got to receive it and call forth that miracle in the name of Jesus. And you can do the same thing for whatever you need in your life, whatever miracle you need to come play, have, have happen in your life, whatever miracle, whether it be financial or physical, you've just got to believe for it right now. you got to think, well, even though they say there's no cure for that illness, God is able to cure anything. Even though they say no, no one's ever come out of financial challenges like you, like you're in right now. You've got to believe that God can do that. Or maybe they say some people tell you, well, relationships that have broken them up and fallen apart like that can never be restored. Well, that's not what God says. God says, "Yea and Amen." That means I can do it. I have no problem with it, and believe for that miracle. And I'm telling you, it's going to come to pass in your life. And then it went on to say in verse seven, it says, "By his faith, Noah." condemned 
the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes from God. He basically just turned his back on the world. And that's quite frankly what we should do when it comes to the challenges of life that we face. We need to turn our eyes towards Jesus and have our back towards the naysayers, those that come up against us, those that tackle us. I don't mean to be mean to them and hate them and get even with them and go up against them. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us to pray for those who persecute us. It says to pray for those who despitefully use us and God will bless us if we do that. All right, these are these are exciting paragraphs that I'm reading from you right now. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at verse number eight. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So Abraham in faith just said, okay, Lord, I obey you. I'm going to go where you're calling me to go. And when he reached that the land God promised, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. You see, we don't always have the answers when God directs us into a certain area. When we need to make a decision, we don't always have the answers ahead of us. We can do our research and our plans and think about what we should do, but only God knows the outcome of all these things. God knows the beginning, it says, from the end, and all parts in between. He's aware of it all. So we've got to step out in faith and believe that God will bring that miracle in your life, whether you can see it, whether you can see how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, but just believe for it and just trust in God, even though you can't see it, believe that it's going to come to pass. And then in verse 10, it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. So, even though there wasn't any city, there wasn't, there was just nothing. <laughs> the land where they were living in tents. He was a foreigner. He wasn't known by anyone. He didn't have anything, but he knew that God had a plan for his life. And that's the same thing that we need to walk with now, that God has a plan for our life, regardless of the miracle that we need. Before that miracle comes to pass, God will direct our steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous person are led of God. So we've got to believe for that and walk in it and then receive it. And I'm going to close today's teaching with these these words in Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Sarah was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. That means his inability to produce a child with Sarah. God took nearly a hundred-year-old man and a ninety-some-year-old woman and said, you're going to bear children and you're going to bear a child and you're going to become the parents of many nations. And it says here, a nation with so many people came forth. That's what it's saying here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12. It says, like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Someone who had nothing God saw everything. And that's how he looks at you. I want you to receive this now. I tell you, I want you to just stop. Whatever you're thinking, whether you're thinking about your situation, your challenge, whether it be your financial need or physical need or relationship need or work need or housing need or whatever it might be, I just want you to stop thinking about it right now and just believe and trust God for your miracle. Believe that he is able to produce that miracle in your life and that by faith you claim it. Even though you can't see it, it's going to come forth. Believe for it. Expect it. Have an anticipation of that miracle coming forth in your life. I hate to keep talking about
about myself, but quite frankly, those are stories that are so real in my life, I need to share them with other people. And I've seen miracle after miracle in my life. And I've also seen miracles in the lives of so many other people in the church that we have, and also family members and people who've had great miracles take place. And it's always because of their faith and their trust in God. They didn't give up on God, and He didn't give up on them. And that's the same thing with you. Don't give up on the Lord. Trust Him. Believe that He's able. Know that He's God. There's nothing too difficult for Him, and there's nothing that He can't take care of in your life. So with that, I'm going to close this teaching today. I'm going to pray for you and pray that God will bless the upcoming sessions as we continue to talk about faith to believe for miracles. I know God's got great plans and great miracles. He wants to produce through you, around you, and I think you want to be a part of that. And I want you to be a part of that, and God wants you to be a part of that. Father, once again, I pray for those who need a miracle, for a blessing in their life. I pray that you'll bring it forth, Lord. And for those who want to have more faith, a greater faith to believe, I pray, Lord, that you'd take the measure of faith that you've given them. That's what your word tells us. And that measure of faith will increase, and they'll receive greater faith to see miracles take place. I believe, Lord, that you're going to do it in their life, and you're going to do it starting even now. And so those who are listening in, I just believe, Lord, that you have a great awakening in their faith, a great increase in their faith, and a great confidence in their faith. I thank you for it in advance, and I'll give you all the praise now for ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope this has been interesting to you and helpful to you. I'd like to encourage you to talk to your friends and your family or your neighbors and let them know about this series that we're teaching on miracles. You could tell them that we're going to continue here for a while because I know the Lord has given us new things to teach about, new areas and topics that I believe will be a blessing to them as they tune in. So if you'd like to know more about the teachings that the Lord has planned for this podcast called Quality Christian Living, you can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. In addition to that, if you'd like to know more about the writings that I've had, some of the things that I've written about faith and issues on finances and on generosity and things of that nature, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, you'll see a reference to things that may be a blessing to you. Matter of fact, there's a book in there entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It truly is the foundation of everything I'm talking about for miracles because you've got to believe in miracles to believe that you can see something come from nothing. It happened to Abraham. It happened to me. It happened to many people in the Bible and it's happened to many people that I've known and loved and prayed for over the years that we've been serving the Lord. So I hope once again that there'll be a blessing as we continue this teaching and this series on miracles. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Our next episode, number 126, is entitled, How Faith for Miracles Will Come to You. Now we want you to receive it. I want to talk about these other people that had great miracles, but now I want you to start imagining that God wants to work miracles in your life and through your life for others. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm telling you, there's so much I would like to share with you right now, but I've come to the end of this particular podcast. So until next time, may God richly bless you.